Hello again, my name's Andy, I teach creative writing, and I write children's fiction under the pseudonym A.P. Winter. As a new dad, I'm mostly making up stories to an audience of one eight-week-old at the moment, but I wanted to check in to say a big thank you, firstly, to everyone that has bought copies of my book, Writing Children's Fiction Scene Play. It's great to have your support, and it's only through your support that it's possible for me to keep making this podcast, so it's much appreciated. If you haven't checked out the book already, please do so. It might just unlock the key to your latest writing project, and you can read the first few chapters for free on Amazon. So what's the worst that could happen? I also thought I'd build on something we've talked a little about before by asking the question, is there conflict in every part of a story? First, a very brief recap. Conflict can be defined as something that characters in your story want, but that they have trouble resolving. You can listen to the episode Where the Wild Things Argue or look at my podcast on effective scenes to explore this in more detail. I think that sometimes the assertion that every scene needs conflict is greeted with incredulity. Surely not every scene. Surely there are moments where people aren't struggling with anything. This is certainly how I felt when I first approached longer projects, and I think it's fair to say that there are moments that defy this easy sense of conflict. Instances of pause and reflection, instances that illustrate peace or acceptance. If you look up Hayao Miyazaki's explanation of the concept of Ma, you might get a sense of how this can be important in stories too. However, the more I worked on longer projects, the more I came round to the idea that these empty scenes are the exception that proves the rule, and that actually conflict, however subtle it might be, is in practically every scene of an engaging piece of fiction, and it can be a useful way of finding what the core interest of your story really is, too. Let's have a look at this in action with the Charlie Chaplin movie The Kid. I'll summarise the main thread of the plot from the main character's perspective, and you can follow along and unpack how the piece is making use of conflict. Things start out for our main character, the tramp, when he finds an abandoned baby. His first thought is to put the child back with their mother, and through a series of misunderstandings he attempts to do so, even to the point of trying to leave the child with the wrong woman. In turn, she clearly believes that he is trying to abandon his own child. I won't break down every beat of the story in this much detail, but you can see a clear conflict here. The tramp wants to find someone to take the baby, and he's having trouble finding anyone to do so. From the other character's perspective, she wants this strange man to stop leaving a baby in her pram, but she's having trouble getting rid of him. There's a nice sense of two characters that want different things struggling against each other, so the conflict is very clear to the audience. The sequence ends with the tramp resolving to keep the child after nearly getting in trouble with the police. But now he has to care for the child. He wants to do a good job, but it's implied that he's having trouble figuring out how to do so. The scene shows him improvising ingenious solutions to care for a baby by rigging up contraptions in his room. As you can see, the conflict isn't about two people actively trying to outwit and work against each other. It's just this question of how to care for a child. But as a challenge... It's just as accessible for the viewer. We know what needs to be overcome, and we want to see the result. While these might not be everyday occurrences, 
these have actually been fairly low-stakes scenes for our tramp compared to what will transpire throughout the rest of the story. Initially, he was so ambivalent about the child that he immediately tried to get rid of them, and when he does take them in, he's clearly having fun and triumphing over problems, despite the challenge that childcare presents. I'm not saying that these aren't serious subjects to address, but the way the story is dealing with them is more fun and light-hearted at this stage. Okay, let's move more briskly through the subsequent scenes. The story skips forward five years. Remember what we've said on previous podcasts about choices, meaning that we can leave big gaps in a story. He's chosen to take in this child, so now we can skip ahead to see how things are going. And we're not confused in the slightest when we find that he's still caring for this same child after this passage of time. Other things have happened in this intervening time which we're encouraged to piece together, including a new profession commencing. This sequence of scenes shows the tramp and the child working a racket, fixing windows. Basically, the child breaks windows and the tramp turns up conveniently, posing as a glazier. The problem is there's an astute police officer about, and the sequence of scenes here, it resolves with a narrow escape, but they're still together by the end of it, and they're still safe. At this stage of the story, they're still having fun despite these challenges, but we can see higher stakes beginning to emerge. They only just avoided an arrest that would almost certainly mean separation, and they now clearly care for each other. The scene takes time to show them being loving and worrying about each other, even as it deals with more slapstick humour. And this is a common pattern in stories, so it's worth being alert for when we're thinking of making things interesting. As the story progresses, our characters grow to mean more to each other. In the next sequence of scenes, the child gets into a fight in the street. The stakes have raised, someone is actually causing harm to the child. The tramp gets involved in the fight too. Ultimately, the child needs care from a doctor and they require charity from a kind woman to pay for the bill. Now we've arrived at the final sequence of the story. The child gets care, but the doctor has passed on a message to social services. A particularly uncaring bunch of workers turn up to take the child away. The stakes are incredibly high, and the conflict is very direct. The tramp has to fight off the workers, then risks his life running over the rooftops before finally leaping down onto a moving vehicle to rescue the child. Are you seeing a pattern here? For the sake of efficiency, I've skipped the scenes that address the mystery surrounding the child's biological mother and obviously cut out a lot of the humour of the film. But even in this summarised style, we can see that every scene or sequence of scenes is a struggle over something. Every scene involves someone wanting something and having trouble getting it. And, interestingly, there's something thematic going on too. The main point of focus of the conflict is very clear and consistent, even though the scenes themselves are quite varied. Basically, each scene involves some take on the tramp trying to take care of the child. First, trying to find a substitute then taking on responsibility, then trying to pay for them to live comfortably, then trying to help them win a fight, then having to rescue them from being taken away. The implied question of every scene is, how do I take care of this child in a challenging world? 
As we mentioned, the stakes increase as the story progresses. Initially, he doesn't care for the baby, then has to learn to live with them, then is almost caught by the police, and then is in a fight where the child gets hurt. Finally, he has to fight several people who are trying to upend their lives. If you applied a series of numbers to the sense of tension in these scenes, you would see them increasing incrementally. If you plotted them on a graph, it would constantly rise. But importantly, the story has done this without miserable thing after miserable thing happening. The stakes can increase, while the characters can still succeed and have fun from time to time. In fact, you can see here that lots of the early conflict features them having fun, even as they're facing challenges and overcoming little problems along the way. It's only in the final couple of beats of the story that the challenge seems insurmountable, and the characters begin to despair until that heartbreaking moment of highest tension when a crying child is in danger of being taken away forever. I think it's worth doing this exercise with stories, not just to underline the point of how fundamentally important conflict is in your scenes, but because it really shows you how the shape of conflict works and why it makes a story feel increasingly engrossing. A lot of things have been written about why we find stories appealing. Attempts have been made to number the types of plot, and there's plenty to theorize about what's going on in our minds or our souls that encourage us to see familiar patterns in writing. I'm just a writer, so what do I know? Maybe there is a mystical shape to stories, maybe there's a way our minds work that makes us find particular shapes appealing in fiction. But I would say that when you break things down like this, the question of why the stakes and the level of conflict increase in this way across all kinds of stories isn't that mysterious. The way I see it, we care about what happens to characters we're invested in, and the more tense it gets for them, the more we care. If that tension increases over the course of the story incrementally, all the better. We're getting drawn in more and more by these made-up things because we see them getting more tense for people we're invested in, and we want to see how it will turn out. Now, I don't usually offer writing exercises as part of the podcast, but as most of what I've just read comes directly from my book, writing children's fiction scene play, in case you've forgotten, um, I think it makes sense to read out some methods you'll find there of practicing using conflict, as I've suggested. Firstly, have a go at breaking down points of conflict in a series of scenes from something you've read or watched. It can help to take a deliberate approach to this, so I would suggest that you don't just do it in your head. Get a means of making notes, choose a book or a movie, and methodically identify the sources of conflict in a series of scenes. Secondly, I'd suggest having a go at planning your own Chaplin-esque movie to get a clear handle on conflict and how one central conflict-filled question can form the core of the story. The premise of the piece we explored was The Kid, um, I'm going to suggest that you give us the basic bullet points of conflict for an imaginary Chaplin movie entitled The Goldfish. Think about some intrinsic challenge that this title might suggest, and then plot out five or six beats for scenes that show us some escalating conflict around this challenge. Focus on the conflict aspects for now, so don't worry about the choices and all the other good things that we might plan out when we're constructing a story. Just think of five or six premises for conflict in a series of scenes with the conflict escalating as it progresses. Okay, 
I'm going to have to close there, but thank you as always to everyone that has shared the podcast and left kind ratings and reviews. And thank you again to everyone that has bought the book. Um, it's available everywhere through Amazon. I've put the US link in the description this time for the sake of variety. And if you found the book useful, please do give it a good rating so that it's more visible to other writers. I'll aim to have something else to share soon, and I'll hope you'll join me then. <laughs>